Welcome to the epicenter of sports and entertainment. This, this is the Root Dog Show. Now, here's your host, Rudy Reyes. I'm back! <laughs> back from a long trip. I'll tell you what a trip it was. I can assure you out in Phoenix, Arizona for Media Week during Super Bowl 57. Yes, I said it's Super Bowl 57. You can count backwards and remember Super Bowl 1. I'm not that old. I don't remember, and I'm not going to recite you Super Bowl between now and what it was like back then. Happy Friday, everybody. This is Rudy Reyes live on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Good grief. You name it. I am in it. Metaverse. I think it's probably a better term for that. I'm Rudy Reyes on the RudeDogShow.com. Go to the RudeDogShow.com. Check out all the great stuff from this past NFL Super Bowl Media Week in Phoenix, Arizona. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I certainly appreciate it and appreciate the patronage, to say the very least. Like it, love it, share it. I like it. That's how we're going to start the show. Uh, the Rude Dog Show is proud to introduce our newest sponsor, and it's it should be indicative. Of course, college football is on the horizon. We're going to see a lot of great talent heading to Indianapolis for the NFL Combine. That sponsor is fabulous. They have a lot of great shirts, and it's only so many Saturdays, so make them count. Yes, make them. Make them count. Uh, I think it's the greatest tagline in the history of college football. Think about it. Look, you have one season, 12 games, 12 Saturdays, and you can't win the natty if you don't make them count. So you have to make them count. Make sure you attend as many games as humanly possible. I'm not saying go on a mission, but make sure that that mission is by attending – any, as many games as you can on Saturdays and make sure you make them count. Um, they're going to be the lexicon of every college football coach, player, fan, and announcer eventually here in the U.S. Um, you can get a sure the greatest tagline in history uh, of your favorite school colors, whatever that might be, Notre Dame, Penn State, Pitt. Uh, go to SaturdaysCount.com. That is SaturdaysCount.com. Make them count. Make them count. Uh, you know, interestingly enough, we, we've seen two Super Bowl-winning um, aspiring quarterbacks head into Super Bowl 57. Of course, you could only have one winner and one loser, and that winner was Patrick Mahomes, who obviously had won an NFL MVP with the type of performance that he put on against the Eagles, out-scheming the Eagles, uh, winning that game 38-35. And now that we've kind of shifted gears from a what would be a fantastic, at least for some and for some fans, probably not the best season for their respective team, but a great season nonetheless. And just being at Media Week, just it it, it thrilled me. It gave me a bunch of energy. It's been pent up, rejuvenated, if you will. I had a chance to network, talk to a lot of people, uh, met some people that only followed on social media. Now they can put a face with the name and vice versa. and. Interestingly enough, the quarterback class uh, headed into the 2024, excuse me, 2023 NFL draft is on the horizon. Of course, you know where that is. That's going to be in Kansas City. Uh, we have a lot of great quarterbacks slated uh, maybe to be in the top five to top seven picks. That depends on what side of the coin you are on. But we're going to start with the current players, the current, at least the, the top three, if not top four uh, available quarterbacks that are hot to trot in free agency. And between guys like Lamar Jackson, Jimmy Garoppolo, headlining this, I want to say, quarterback tour, if you will, they're free agents. And when they hit the market, it was David uh, Derek Carr saying, you know what, 
I don't want to be a Raider anymore. Raiders gladly uh, able to oblige him and not paying him his $40 million that he's ultimately due. Uh, guys that are maybe a step below him in uh, Mike Smith, uh, excuse me, Mike White, Geno Smith, Daniel Jones, uh, Cooper Rush, and uh, Taylor Heineke certainly are on the move and had to put up their best numbers and best film in order to make themselves count. Whenever an NFL team comes knocking, whenever they get that phone call, they have to be ready and ready to go. Looking at, we're going to start with Derek Carr. And, of course, I start with Derek Carr because he's one of the most sought-after free agents. Uh, Lamar Jackson, we'll get to him in just a minute, but I wanted to talk about Derek Carr and give my own personal insight in regards to Derek Carr and maybe make a believer out of some, maybe disbelieve out of others. I believe Derek Carr has made a case to be the quarterback in the future with the Las Vegas Raiders. Unfortunately, that was not the case. I think those that believed he was going to certainly had the capabilities of uh, of being that guy there in Las Vegas. Unfortunately, with the numbers and the consistent or the lack of consistency, rather the inconsistency, he has shown, uh, d- despite the opting out of paying uh, of receiving that forty million dollars, certainly would suggest that otherwise they would have paid him, not releasing him. Clearly, no trade partner was available. He didn't want to take that opportunity. He just opted out, and I don't blame him for doing just that. And I say that because they forced their own hand, especially when you relieve a quarterback like Derek Carr. Now, he's not an elite quarterback yet, Uh, and and I say that because, yes, fine. So in California, for the Raiders franchise, he's their all-time leading passer, I believe, passing La Monica, uh, and, and a guy who, you know, has a lot of great attributes He's a God-fearing guy, so he brings a lot of great stuff to the locker room. Unfortunately, it whatever he brought to the locker room wasn't reciprocated by the Raiders organization, at least from a personal standpoint. Uh, Josh McDaniel certainly working that magic, uh, saying, you know what, this is where you're at, this is where you're going to be, but this may not be where you're going to stay for the long term. And I think that some may suggest that it could be the end of the Raiders' capabilities of getting into the playoffs and maybe even pass the first round now that uh, Derek Carr is no longer there. But he did leave them to one playoff opportunity, and his numbers slightly reflect a a different uh, component of that, sadly. Uh, His passer rating during the playoffs, 69.2 of 310 yards, one touchdown, uh, one interception in just one game during the playoff season in his entire career for the Las Vegas Raiders. And I look at this as 29 completions, uh, 47 attempts, 53.7. So his pass rating, not very good. Uh, 310 yards, of course, sacked three times behind an inferior offensive line. Certainly makes it look as though Derek Carr may not be getting the job done. Uh, and and I, I've said this time and time again, Derek Carr is not the quarterback of the future for the Las Vegas Raiders. And I say that because it just, it just didn't feel that way this past season. Uh, they were willing to put in Jared Stidham in lieu of Derek Carr saying, you know what, I'm going to take a quick and early release from this team. You just don't know that yet. But when that does happen, you're going to know it. And you're going to feel it and you're going to sense it. And there's no Derek Carr insight whatsoever. Uh, I, I think he's going to be a, a long-term solution for a team in the NFL there's too many in the count right now. He does have a conversation going on with the New York Jets. And I say that because um, not only was it reported, but because I, I believe it's a good fit. If for some reason New York 
decides to pull that trigger, it would have to be beneficial for him, beneficial for his family, beneficial from a faith perspective. Is this where God wants to lead him? Uh, because that's just the kind of guy Derek Carr is. He's done a lot of great things while with the Raiders. Uh, but I think, moreover, it would suggest that Mike White's time is maybe a, another free agent <laughs> opting out uh, of no longer being within the, the Jets organization. Now, by all means, do I not suggest that Derek Carr is the quarterback of the future for the New York Jets? He could be the quarterback that they need and need for the moment, but the best, avail- uh, best ability is availability. And I think Derek Carr has been more than available for the Las Vegas Raiders, whereas for the New York Jets, because of the inferior offensive line play, I, I think that it's going to be a parallel situation unless for some reason the New York Jets decide to beef up on that offensive line and really make a run at providing Derek Carr the kind of protection that he may not have had while in Las Vegas with the Raiders. Now, Derek Carr is a great guy for all intents and purposes, and I take nothing away from his capabilities. I, I question him in relation to situational football. Where has he been? Where is he going to go? Is he going to change the things that he sees on the field? Does he follow his progressions uh, in such a way that allows for him to get past the first round with any given team, regardless? Um, and I'm not going to say the offensive line play obviously has nothing to do with it because it does, and it would be untrue to make that statement. But I will say uh, that when you look at Derek Carr, I think to myself, man, is he going to be the guy? Is he going to be that person? Is he going to turn certain attributes around that he's accustomed to, that he's used to doing, in order to be that guy uh, for the New York Jets or maybe any other team for that matter? I know a lot of players uh, around around the league are maybe looking at him and could be looking through a Mardi Gras lens, but maybe belong in New Orleans with the Saints. Uh, I don't know if that offensive line is is – that much better. I want to say that it is, uh, be, regardless of the quarterbacks that have been under center for Nolans this past year, maybe the year before that. So it remains to be seen exactly where Derek Carr is going to land. I like the idea that Derek Carr is going to land somewhere with a very solid offensive line and the protection that he needs in order to get to where he wants to go. And that's obviously past the first round of the playoffs. Second guy I want to discuss here, and I think about this to myself, you know what, he was such a great find at a Louisville and made his presence known being the 32nd pick overall in, in the 2018 NFL draft, had the pleasure of interviewing, great guy, um, and just you know someone that, I, I don't know, maybe had disappeared, he just got tired of playing for the, the organization. Maybe they said one thing and did something else. I think to myself, you know, I look at Lamar Jackson, and I think the next interesting potential free agent, if for some reason Lamar Jackson being picked 32nd overall would not put a chip on his shoulder, because he did bet on himself this year. Unfortunately, it didn't, it didn't end well. It started well, but didn't end well. Of course, it's not always how you start, it's how you finish. And I don't know that he ended all that well or well enough uh, to uh, be given all that kind of money to in order to stick around to be a part of this Ravens organization. I believe that not only was he calm and conscientious about the fact that he was picked 32nd overall by the Baltimore Ravens, he was humbled at the opportunity, the chance to be the guy under center for a Baltimore franchise uh, that was in need of a very good quarterback. And he certainly was that for them. I'm not saying that he's not going to be. I'm just saying that from the onset uh, from 2018 moving forward was 
really, really good. He just kept learning, getting better year in, year out. And it's kind of interesting. And I think to myself, Jim Harbaugh, as good of a coach that, that he is, and I know that he doesn't really um, talk out of the both sides of his mouth in regards to where Lamar Jackson actually could land, where he could actually end up. But when you tell someone, man, I love this guy, I love Lamar Jackson, well, that, that love could be a very shallow tomb in that we don't know whether or not he's actually speaking from his heart or was he putting on lip service in order to pacify the organization and say, well, yeah, we're no, we know what we're going to do. We know where he's going to be sitting at and eventually uh, find a way out of this system, maybe find himself in another system. Don't forget, they hired uh, Todd Bonkin as a new offensive coordinator, which changes things. Um, I don't know that it changes so much that it doesn't allow Lamar Jackson to be the guy under center there in Baltimore, but I know that it does change the system. Now, analysts, uh, you know, far and wide, as you may have probably heard the buzz, um, that despite uh, being the starter out of Louisville, that he would never be a starter in the NFL. Well, that clearly is not accurate. And since then, he's done, you know, he's done pretty good. I mean, he did have a few interceptions, uh, five interceptions in four games in his playoff career and three touchdowns with 900 yards. His passer rating was actually pretty good considering uh the, the the concept is that the ravens would like to franchise tag him and trade him to another team and it's easy to say i love you lamar but what does that really mean does that mean that he's going to stay does that mean that he's going to be that guy moving forward that remains to be seen for the baltimore organization so lamar jackson will be raven at least for now until the determination is made as to whether or not he's going to stay in the system or he's going to find his way out of the system via ownership if they're going to find a trade they're going to they're going to franchise tag him i can almost sense it and then they're going to send him packing and i I look at lamar and think to myself man he's had the opportunity to be uh, a starting quarterback in the nfl when no one thought he would he had an nfl mvp season just a couple of years ago and a guy um that maybe just got burnt out because of the lack of weaponry that baltimore has not had within the last, I don't know, two to four years. So it makes you wonder exactly where Lamar's head is at physically as well in regards to that knee and and, um, I think it was a PCL injury, if I'm not mistaken, disabling him from, (coughs) excuse me, from performing in such a way that allows for him to have a great season. And then Thirdly, on, on this list, look, there's a lot of quarterbacks and the tier of quarterbacks within this particular NFL team's organization found himself in an NFC championship game. And I know it's I know it's hard to say, and it's probably easier said than done. But the San Francisco 49ers uh, run to the NFC championship game was not without domino effects. When I say domino effects, I mean that through NFC championship game against the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, on their way, Trey Lance went down, Jimmy Garoppolo went down, and here comes Brock Purdy, uh, Mr. Irrelevant, if you will, and stepped in an unbeknownst situation where he found himself in very unfamiliar territory. And I think to myself, man, <coughs> is Purdy going to be pretty good or pretty bad? I think the answer to that question is kind of, you know, the, the writing on the wall. Now, I, I look at Jimmy Garoppolo, who's probably on his way out where he goes nobody knows 
and where he stops, nobody knows that either. But I think the I think that both of the numbers need to be compared, and I say that because Jimmy Garoppolo, in his infinite wisdom, um, in 2019 he had three interceptions, and the following year, uh, uh, in 2020, excuse me, the year after 2021, after Super Bowl appearance, uh, was three interceptions. So it's not as if he's played to par. Now you look at Brock Purdy, and I think to myself, man, this guy is in a pretty good, pretty good situation. And I say that because his passer rating was 156. Uh, Jimmy G is going to find a much effective system to receive the max protection that Brock Purdy has. It's almost as if you have an offensive mindset for the 49ers that wanted to block for Jimmy Garoppolo, but didn't quite believe in his capabilities overall. And I don't know that Shanahan actually believed in his overall capabilities, knowing that at some point he's going to throw that nasty, god-awful pick, uh, which doesn't exactly do a whole lot uh, for the organization, especially when you're trying to win, guess what, a championship uh, ring, uh, along with getting into the next round, which is obviously a Super Bowl ring. So I think to myself, man, Brock Purdy now deemed the starter and all that Jimmy Garoppolo is out. Tons of questions. Don't know where that's going to go for Brock Purdy, but anywhere but up. So I guess you could say he was actually pretty good after all. You got a cool customer, <coughs> someone who's steady with the ball in his hands, makes much better decisions. Purdy had a pass rating of 107.3, 1,374 yards, three touchdowns, and four interceptions in nine games in 2022. So, so again, he has done everything that you wanted him to do, everything that you may have expected him to do. He exceeded that expectation. And you can't really say, you know what, uh, well, maybe we made the bad decision. Maybe we should have made this decision. You have to roll with, with you have to roll the dice. You have to get in the situation where you think to yourself, man, is this, is this going to be? Where is that? Is this the guy of the future for the 49ers? I say yes. And the reason why is because Trey Lance is not ready. He's not ready yet. He may be ready in the sense of mentally, I'm ready to go. I want to play. But he's not the ultimate decision maker in regards to what he does or doesn't do or where he goes or where he doesn't go and when he will play and start under center. I think Brock Purdy has shown that he has had the capabilities and the tools all along coming from a smaller school to be the guy under center. Now, Brock Purdy's numbers at 107, almost uh, 107.4 in passer rating, 1,300 yards, 13 touchdowns, and only four interceptions in nine games. That is fantastic. 40 yards have found the quarterback of the future, um, at least for now, until he screws up pretty royally. Let's hope that's not the case. And if he does, I believe Trey Lance is going to find his way back into what we know as a starting role for the 49ers. I just think that Trey Lance has his work cut out for him. Uh, I believe that he's going to find a way to be a better better player, uh, a guy under, under duress, probably not going to hurt him at all whatsoever. Uh, and I believe that he's going to find his way to, to be that one gem, that one component the 49ers are going to need moving forward. And there's going to be quarterback controversy and maybe even a competition as well. Moving forward, uh, the Rude Dog Show clearly has only so many Saturdays. Make him count. Go to, and I'll say it again, make sure you go to thatissaturdayscount.com. Saturdayscount.com. There are only so many Saturdays during the college football season. Make sure you check them out. This is Rudy Reyes on the Rude Dog Show. This will be posted on the Rude Dog Show.com. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you guys tomorrow.